Hey, hey, hey. Hello. Welcome to Two Legit to Cute where you can get it done with Tish and become the best version of yourself with me. I'm so mad. Listen, the people. People, and we changed the whole thing, and I'm just not with it. I'm just like, everyone, if you know what it used to be, you know, you know what it used to be. So I'm not even gonna say it, but it we shouldn't change it. But that's just and, and that's okay because I'm becoming the best version of myself. I'm in continuous evolution, and we are so excited today because we are with our friend, our girl, our boo, our whole entire friend from grad school, Daphne DeCinto, who is also in Bridgerton. I am so juiced today for her to be on the show so she can spill all the tea. Welcome to the show, Daphne. Ah, thank you, girls. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yes. So we were talking about earlier, it's been a decade. So Tish, you and Tish were in the same year, and then I was a year yeah, Exactly. And we yeah. physically haven't seen each other for a decade, but I still feel like we, like I said earlier, we, we're still in each other's lives. We're championing, champion, I don't even know how to say it. We're triumphing with each other and in, in our individual success. And it's just like a part of this like collective sisterhood, right? Wouldn't you agree? I totally agree. I mean, I feel like there's a tribe out there and it doesn't matter where you are in the world or where you're at in your life, that tribe is strong. Yes. <laughs> we're always there to celebrate each other and to celebrate the victories and to push each other forward. So it doesn't really matter if it's been 10 years or it doesn't feel like it. It just no. like... And we work. all still look good. Can I say that? 10 years where? Because I know I was better than I did in I'm telling you, I really think that we kind of fell in some spatial temporal hole and then we kind of came out on the other side and it's not really been 10 years. It's been more like 10 months. It was just, you know, 10 months ago. You know, it's like the warm up. It's like the stretch. You know, we were just stretching. Yeah. We were just warming up. Now we're like get it down to business and so um and it's 2 a.m there you're in london it is. you moved you moved from italy to london mm -hmm. well no that, that's not exactly how it went i moved from oh. new york to london and okay. i technically live in london but i am in italy right now <laughs> oh okay oh. um i got uh should I say stuck here <laughs> because of lockdown? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I ended up staying a little longer than I actually planned to, but it's really been a blessing, so can't complain there. I love it. I would love to get stuck in Italy. Can I? <laughs> Can we get that thing? I'm just saying, I'm still like, Italy is literally on like my number one place that I want to go. I love Italian food. I love Italian wine. I love Italian men. I love everything about like that's Italian. Like, I'm not going to contradict you there. I love Italian leather. Like, there's mm -hmm. nothing Italian. <laughs> I love you. You're Italian. You know? That makes sense. <laughs> makes perfect sense to me. I love Italian. Speaking of, speaking of all of this lovely lash brownness, we all were in the brown 
sisters throw back yes. oh, oh, I love that picture yeah. this is 10 oh, years ago guys we were in the brown sisters together we were like <laughs> wow black don't that's when I know 10 years have passed <laughs> and yeah. I just you know, I used to straighten my hair every other week. <laughs> oh my gosh, girl, that's a whole thing. <laughs> just straighten your hair. Yeah, it's like, no, just too much time, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no <one laughs> two people with their, with their straight looking, you know, units. Straighten in our units. Who's there you go, right? This, the, the under, the under is natural. Um, That's what I'm saying. You, you know, know, there's a whole thing there. I mean, I used to go to these uh, um, salons in where was it? Williamsburg, I think. Um, and it was like these Latina salons. And oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Like there was no tomorrow. I left half my hair on the floor on the stones. So just say it. And it's difficult. And it's difficult because the thing about it is, is like whenever you have to, like I'm doing these interviews all the time, you know, Daphne being an actress, Tish is constantly, you know, having to like get camera ready for all of her speaking engagements. Yes. Um, Cause she's blowing up as a producer, everybody, just so you know. So you're getting tangible advice every Thursday from like, you know, an expert, you know, yeah. um, yeah, but being camera ready, you know, it's you you reach this point where like the makeup all the time, the hair being manipulated and you know, uh, styled all the time, it really does put stress on your skin, on your hair. It's just like unrealistic, even if you do have like, even if your hair is healthy, whenever somebody's in it, even if it's a natural hairstyle, it just, it can really like wear and tear at your, um, at your hair. And even my skin, like wearing makeup all the time, I was like, oh, I have to find like another method, you know, so eyebrows, lip gloss, all that. But Daphne, we know people want to get the tea because you were in Bridgerton and we <laughs> are absolutely obsessed with Bridgerton. Tish is like super hyper obsessed with Bridgerton. I'm like, I bought the whole book series. She yes, knows. I bought. I bought. I, I'm following following the writer right now. I'm obsessed with the writer. It's amazing. Yeah, I literally have bought all the books and I I, I created a book club. That's how <laughs> I, have a, I have a book club. A Bridgerton book club. Um, it's it's. I, oh my god, that's so exciting. She yeah. like she does not play about Bridgerton. For me, I don't play about it either. So we both like our favorite movie is Pride and Prejudice. Like we yeah. literally have had whole entire birthdays um, that we have had together. Like I threw Tish a birthday party with just me myself and her. Um, <laughs> Where like I cooked dinner, we had like our favorite wine and stuff like that. And um, I think this was you were in New York doing a film, and we watched Pride and Prejudice. I had these janky neighbors that wouldn't turn down their volume, and like I had to go off on them because I was like, I'm trying to throw a a, a, a birthday party for my best friend, and all we want to do is watch Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> That's how much we love. 
Yes, we love those love stories. And so when Bridgerton came out, we like lost it. And then when I saw you as the Duke's mom on there, when I tell you I screamed, I literally was like, <laughs> and I remember when you posted about it on social media and you know how like people post, like I think your agency posted that you had yeah. You have been cast. And I was like, oh, that's good for Daphne. You know, she's doing her thing. But so many of our friends are like doing their thing. Mm -hmm. But when I saw you on uh, that screen, pushing out that baby screaming. <laughs> that was one baby. And I was like, that's that method training. That's that method training. She's like in it. Because mm -hmm. you know how you see people do pregnant scene where they're pregnant scenes where they're like giving birth. And it's so fake. You're just like, first off, you would not be sitting up like this. You would be leaning back. Like, you know, they don't even look like they're distressed. It's just like, like, stop. You were in it. You clearly did like your sense memory and all the things that we do as method actors. So I'm gonna stop talking, but can you tell us just about like how you how you uh, auditioned for the role, how you got the role? And at any moment in time, like, did you know, like I booked this? Um, No, I didn't know I booked it. In fact, when I did book it, it was just one of those moments where everything stopped for a second. I was having lunch with a friend and my agent called and told me I booked it. And uh, the reason I was so excited about it, even more so than I normally would have been, is because of uh, the director of my episode, um, Tom Verica who is also an actor and uh, I mean, we've all seen him on How to Get Away with Murder. Um, and I'm a huge fan of, uh, you know, obviously him and Viola, who is yes. God. <laughs> um, and um, so having known that he was going to direct the episode added a whole different level of excitement to it. Um, and I'm backtracking here, so I'm going from when I actually knew that I got the role. But uh, actually, I, you know, it was a self-tape to begin with. Um, and uh, it was a crazy self-tape because, so I, I actually did it. I did, I redid it <laughs> uh, twice because I did it the first time and um, I was at a friend's house and we had, it was dark. We had this light that wasn't very good. Um, and I wasn't super happy with what came out. So the next day, I asked another friend of mine to come over to just do it again. Um, totally different situation. It was morning, the morning light, and it all diffused in your face. Um, and I had just moved into this new apartment. Um, and um, <laughs> I'm just a little worried because it's just like, there's a dentist downstairs and I'm gonna start screaming bloody murder. <laughs> we will call the police. <laughs> um, and yeah, so well, I did that too. It was really fun. Um, and I actually, okay, well, what I have to say is, you know, normally, most of the times as actors, we're never really satisfied of our performances. And when I, you know, looked at that uh, at the tape, I was just like, I'm satisfied. I like this. It was good. And I mean, you know, you've all seen the scene and that was basically the audition. 
Um, so it wasn't, you know, an overconvoluted conversation, <laughs> but there was still a lot going on. Um, yeah, and that's that's the story of the audition for Bridgeton. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you. But you wouldn't know it. Like it's it's just like I was talking to Darkoya about this a little bit earlier today. Like sometimes we're like, oh man, we wish we would have done all these things. Mm-hmm. And then you get like a role and you're like, gosh, this is like the perfect time. Like yeah. the time is just right. Like everything is just right. And then you're like in a different space, functioning space. Yeah. And you know what? It happened like right, right now. Like yeah. at the right time where people can see me at the right time where I'm not just going to be a person that you see on this show this one time and then never see you again. Like because everyone's in their homes and they can see you, it's such a big deal mm-hmm. to see you yeah. because everybody's home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not only that, I think the show also has had a really big impact because of what it did. Um, it. it <clears throat> a love story and mm-hmm. made it magical in a way that was just relatable to everybody mm-hmm. and made it magical in the way that it looked mm-hmm. um, and in the world that it created. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it was just a big part of the excitement of it, like just seeing all these different faces mm-hmm. being at the same level, um, absolutely, it really, it really did it for me. I just yeah. love the the diversity. You know, oftentimes being a trained actor and being a black trained actor, you know that there are just certain roles that you are never going to be able to do. And so, in grad school, you do it because you're like, okay, you know. Um, or if they're doing colorblind casting, then you know we don't have to be historically. Yeah accurate but when i saw like i'm like these are black people who are also in high society who are playing these like um like uh, elizabethan roles and like and using using this heightened language something that i know for me like when i was in grad school i did it but I was like, uh, outside of like Shakespeare, if we're doing like a colorblind cast and like, I, will I, I probably will never be able to do that. So just also seeing that, like seeing this like black man who's like the duke, you know? And um, and then just like um, taking on this 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 world and this reality. Um, and there's been some, some stuff about that where like there were these like people, people of color who were part of high society. And some people say it's historically accurate and some say that it's don't. And I personally don't know that for sure, but it doesn't matter. Just the fact that people of color are being given these opportunities to be seen in these roles and to exercise their instrument like that was just, I mean, it was breathtaking and just phenomenal to watch. I mean, Tish has watched it like, like, oh no, like five times. I definitely, yeah, you know, but it's it's also just like like i the, the world just needs to see love right now like i just i'm in a space right now where i'm just like like every show that you're seeing it's just so like a drag it's such a drag like everybody's like losing something or it's just like death or it's just like despair and it's just like like I think also Bridgerton just came at the right time where everybody was just tired of just being like 
doom. <laughs> like yeah. every show is like doom, gloom, like everything's going wrong. And when your life is like that, like <laughs> everything seems like in your life, it was just one of those things where it, for me, and I know a lot of people may even feel the same way. It was like a, it was like a mind dump. Like I just needed something that was just like really great to see that just wasn't so like crazy, you know? And yeah. I think everybody was in that space. It, it takes all the boxes as yeah. far as the entertainment, um, the beauty, the visual beauty of it. Mm -hmm. the, choice of music the way it was used um, I mean obviously every single actor in there was just stunning Great. Uh, every single one I mean like from the smaller roles to the bigger roles I googled everybody because that's just the host slash <laughs> In me, I was like, so and so is head of this theater house, and so and so has this theater background or has been on this show, and I was just like, wow, this is like a strong ensemble. I mean, every single person, um, and I know that like um, acting in London and <clears throat> the UK in general, I mean, they don't play. You know, they're like, you can't just be, can't be rolling up there. You know, an entertainer, you have to study the craft, know the craft, love the craft, be the craft, you are the craft, and then you perhaps can go out in the world. <laughs> yes, there is a very strong tra tradition over there, and there is a, a school that is very specific, and I guess yeah. most people go that route. I have to say that I am incredibly glad I have studied in America, uh, mm -hmm. because um, I, I I think that uh, the um, the truth lies in the middle of the ocean <laughs> because um, a bit of both worlds is what uh, I find myself to be as far as of uh, expression and the way my um, my process works when it comes mm -hmm. to acting. Um, too strict a school and too strict and rules that are too strict don't really work for me. Whereas in America, um, the school is more guttural um, mm. and instinctive, um, and that that added a lot to what I bring to the table when it comes to act to acting. Um, but yeah, I mean doing that show in a place like London that obviously has the history it has is beautiful. You know, it just adds on to the magic of the fiction. And I was yeah. just going to say, you two need to get here. Cause if you love it so much, you need like a whole trip where- Girl, I would come visit you. Wait a second. Yes. Cause I, so I thought you were still in Italy and I was like, wait, wait, no, I think she's in London. And yes, girl, I will come. You don't have to say anything but a word. <laughs> I, know. I will be there. I will come, I will, I'm going to come stay with you. Didn't you with me whenever you want. Didn't yeah, Shireen, kind of. she was from our year, no, the year before us. Didn't Shireen come and visit you at some point? Oh, did she? Yeah, she did. Wow, a lot of people are coming with me. You just didn't. See what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> what are you waiting for? I, um, I, yes, you know what? Actually, Daphne, this isn't funny. I'm really going to come. I know um, you because are. One of the <laughs> Tisha's coming too. She doesn't know. Um, she's coming. We're gonna come together. But I, I'm like obsessed with like British culture and just specifically. Um, even the acting, like I like um, right now, I've been watching Flack, um, Flack on Amazon um, Prime, and there's only like one season, but I'm like, this is really good. And I don't even think they knew it was going to be that good. I think it was like a pilot. You can tell there's only like five episodes, um, but it, it's really good. And I'm just, I'm curious to see the differences and the similarities between um, acting here and acting there and really filmmaking overall. We interview a lot of filmmakers, a lot of artists, and, um, and, and even speaking with people from Canada and hearing th their differences and similarities, like in Canada, whereas here, you know, sometimes it can be very difficult to find funding. They are just like, here, you can get a grant, you can get a grant. Canada is the place to be. <laughs> well, also, don't they, do they have, uh, for artists, uh, do they have like funding sources out there in Italy that help artists like with their projects? It's not Canada whatsoever. <laughs> um, and there are some opportunities, uh, but uh, um, they're not easily accessible for individual artists. It's, uh, it's more so if you're a production company, then wow. you get more chances. Um, but going back a second to what we were talking before, before it slips my mind, when, Dorcoya, you were saying, um, about the accuracy of a history in uh, Bridgerton, um, you know, obviously most of it is fiction, and it is it is true though. Well, two things: most of it is fiction. Queen Charlotte was mixed race, and this is yeah. a fact. Yeah. Um, so they started from this character that really existed and really is was mixed race mm -hmm. even though it is not a thing that is talked about or high you know or just just underlined highlighted um mm -hmm. and then they built a world around it which i think is really exciting and the second thing i wanted to say is um there were people of color that uh, were in high society back mm -hmm. in the day. Obviously, it wasn't the majority, uh, right. but uh, there are um, yes. photographic testimony or paintings that attest to that. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really important to dig those stories out because I feel like they've just not been told. Um, and as a European person that is mm -hmm. obsessed with history, I mean, to me, it's just incredible. Uh, the fact that I now start finding out about these stories and uh, uh, seeing these paintings or, you know, these pieces of writing that talk about um, people of color back then. And by then, I mean centuries ago, because <laughs> obviously yeah. it wasn't just right. one century, it was just right. a succession of centuries. And as the centuries went on, the conditions were different because history mm. kind of I, I not really evolved because at a certain point I feel like kind of went back. But 
as history yeah. went on, um, the conditions changed and uh, you find more and more people that actually were in a position that we're not used to seeing. And as right. far as um, actors kind of telling themselves, well, I'll never play that role. I just want to say, well, no, you will. We just need to write those stories. Hey, Amen. Exactly. And you're doing, and you're doing that like um, your your new your new project that you have coming up. Um, is it more? What is it called? More. The more. Yeah, the more. The more. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that because you know um, you bring up a very valid point, and Tish and I talk about this all the time. Um, which is artists kind of reclaiming by putting themselves, putting their business hat on and by, you know, um, diversifying in their skill set and creating their own opportunities. We now, you can then put yourself in a position to tell the stories that you want to tell and also kind of create the career path that you want to create. Because like you said, sometimes with certain artist, it's like, oh, well, I'm only, I only get to play this certain type of character because this is what the industry sees me, sees me as. But like so many directors who we talked to on the show have said, okay, there's room for that with the studios. And then there's room for independent projects, which um, Jordan Roberts of three to one Frankie Boom said that he said, those are the projects that feed your soul and kind of navigate who you are and who you want to be. And so you've dug up a story like that with your new film. Uh, tell us about that and just like the importance of telling those stories that really resonate with you. Yeah, I mean, um, I have, but I also want to say that there is room in the network. So for it and in the studios mm -hmm. for it, they just need to make it. Um, and I, I see those spaces. I can see them. They're there. <laughs> and this is a shameless plug. You know, Tish is oh, well, actually, yes, Tish is working on that. I don't know if I can plug it in yet. Can no. I plug it in? Okay. Oh, no, you can't. Yeah. You can't no, please stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> no. Stay tuned. <laughs> Well, this Our is something that I want to know afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But so, well, actually, with the more, um, I, I haven't, I haven't written that. I haven't put myself in that project, so I'm not going to be an actor in that project. I've written mm -hmm. it and uh, I've directed it. Um, reason being that in the past. Uh, four-ish years, uh, I guess I've uh, gotten more and more into that side of the business. And I realized that writing is something that makes me really happy. Um, well, it does in the end. I mean, the process is brutal sometimes, especially <laughs> when, uh, especially at the beginning. So, you know, when you kind of find yourself in front of that white piece of paper and you're like, <laughs> but then you can, and magic happens. Um, but uh, when it comes to the more, I've found out this about the character, the story, just randomly. Um, and the reason I I was so surprised was because this guy is Italian and he's black, 
just mm-hmm. like I am Italian and black, but you know, living, living, growing up in a place like Italy, which is so beautiful, but also so backwards when it comes to the racial conversation. Um, it really, uh, it really got to me the fact that such an important figure for Italian and European history uh, was Afro-Italian. Um, Alessandro de' Medici, the protagonist of the Moor. So he's part of the Medici family. We all know the Medici family because even if you don't know anything about history, you've seen the show. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and it's basically one of the most well-known families historically around the world. Um, and this guy had, well, his mother was of African origins and she was enslaved in the Medici house and his father was nonetheless than the Pope. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, the Pope, when I guess he wasn't the Pope yet when the, the deed happened, um, but then he ended up becoming the Pope. Oh my God. Oh, yeah, is that like, it's already an amazing story. Um, and Alessandro and nobody has told it before? Like, yeah, that's my point. Wow, how? But that's okay, because <laughs> we're doing it right now. And you yeah. were telling us earlier too, like um, in, in in your email thread when we were talking that with citizenship, um, I don't want to miss miss um, miss say like what mm-hmm. what you said, but um, just recollecting our email email thread that if you're Afro Afro Italian, you have to apply for citizenship in Italy. Is is that correct? Not exactly like that. So. Okay. Um, if your parents don't have Italian citizenship, mm-hmm. even if you are born in Italy, you're not automatically a citizen. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that there's a whole part of the population that is Italian because they were mm-hmm. born here or they they arrived here, maybe, you know, when they were really young and mm-hmm. school here, they're they're educated and culturally Italian, but they're not recognized by their own nation. I mean, some of these girls and guys have never even been out of the country, mm-hmm. but they're not Italian. They don't have an Italian passport. And I mean, the amount mm-hmm. of, like the way this impacts your life is incredible. There are so many things that are precluded to you if you're not a citizen, Um, Mm. just as far as choices of studies. You know, if you wanna be a lawyer, you have to pass the bar, but you can't pass the bar unless you have Italian citizenship. Mm. If you wanna be a lawyer, you can be a lawyer. Um, And it's a hot conversation actually right now because it's been brought up again recently. And it just blows my mind how this is even a debate. We had a Duke, the first Duke of Florence was Afro-Italian of obvious obvious African descendants. And we're still debating the fact that people that don't look traditionally Italian, whether Mm. we give them citizenship or not, 
Mm. And I'm thinking, mm. do you know your history? Do you know your history? Because if you knew your history, that would answer your question. Mm. That's the same. So, my, so if they're not Italians and they've been there their whole entire life, mm -hmm. what is their citizenship? It's their parents' citizenship. So, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm sure you, you guys know how, you know, the Mediterranean route uh, brings over a lot of people from um, North, well, North Africa and Africa in general. Um, and so a lot of people end up arriving here and then having a family here. Um, and these kids are born from African parents. So they're considered, you know, Ghanaian, Nigerian, um, mm. Egyptian, Moroccan, even though they're Italian. And, you know, it happens because of the way the culture works over here. Um, it is not conceived <laughs> that someone Black can be Italian. So, you know, mm. when we grow up with people telling us, well, it's impossible that you're Italian. Like whenever, because obviously the first question you you always ask is where are you from? And you're like, I'm Italian. And they're like, no, but where are you from? Um, and there's this continuous justification of the fact that you don't look how they ex expect you to look. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's actually a really exciting time because I don't know if you guys um, have heard of this, but uh, yesterday this show came out on Netflix and it's called Zero. Zero. And it's I, I, I saw a little bit of a, a tra trailer for it mm -hmm. when I was going through because I'm trying to like catch up on all my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, put it on your um, to watch list because I mean, it's the first show that actually has Afro Italian protagonists and it's mm -hmm. just a big step forward for. I, I think for the country in general. Um, and the guy that uh, has written the show is actually um, from a town close to my hometown. So proud of that Yay. too. <laughs> and where's your hometown? Um, so it's called Ravenna. It's in the north of Italy, not far from Bologna. Ooh, say it again, girl. It's the land of lasagna. Like Lasagna, that's where they make them. Lasagna <laughs> and Parmesan cheese. So. I love it. See, I love everything Italian. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. I love it, I love it. Um, okay, so yes, that you know, we and we have some of that that stuff happening here with people, um, people being born here. I don't really think that it's necessarily like because to be American, like American doesn't look like one thing. Um, yeah. But we definitely have some we have, um, as you know, like Trump was trying to build a wall and, you know, just like ridiculous foolishness. You know what I mean? Because it all boils down to taxes. And me and Tish actually talked about that one time. Um, a couple years ago where I was like, I don't see what the debate is. Just, you know, America's a melting pot. As long as everybody pays taxes, what's the big deal? <laughs> That's like what I said. And she was like, do you know that was it Teddy Roosevelt actually had that initiative, but it didn't like go through? Is that who you, who you feel? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember us having this conversation. Yes. You don't remember this? 
found out that it, I think it was Teddy Roosevelt had that um, initiative and it didn't pass or whatever. We're going to put a, a plug in that. We'll make sure next sure next that we know exactly, guys. What it was information. It's going to be a whole episode about this. You know, we're just advocates of just people being able to achieve their dreams, regardless of who they are, what they believe, you know, where they're from, how they identify. It's it's Mm -hmm. it's a human right. You know, it's a human right to be born and to have, and for everyone to have the privilege to do that. That is, yeah. you know, and so we have we have those issues as well here. And I know that the complexity of it is a, a tad bit different, um, but I'm so happy that you're telling those stories. And I think that like Nina Simone says, it's an artist's duty to reflect the times, but there is that personal responsibility to tell those stories um, and that, you know, just kind of, take your your culture and your history and what you love and you put that out in the universe Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. receive it and it changes the world i think sometimes we forget or maybe we don't forget but we have to consistently you know reiterate is that media entertainment is influence and influence has power to change Mm -hmm. lives period that's what you're seeing with and you know I have to put a plug in because I have been feeling some kind of way about Micaiah Bryant, Micaiah Bryant, say her name. Um, and one thing that I, I love is just social media. Anything can be used for good or bad, but social media has been a platform to bring to light some of the uh, some injustices that just should not be happening, but also to lead. And even if it's just a small way to reform and to change. And so um, it's beautiful that you're telling these stories. Tish is telling these stories. Um, I just want to go back because I know before we like in tonight, I do have to ask you, and this is kind of like getting off we're getting on a different topic but what are you gonna have well because i'm gonna ask it because everyone knows that mm-hmm. let me see let me make sure i say his name is there is it Roger jean page how do you say his name the how, how did i know you were gonna ask about Can you not even know? <laughs> <laughs> is this the whole reason why you call me here tonight well, I, you know what? At the end I mean, of the day, I, I have a brother, so don't ask me anything too dirty, okay? No, 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 no. Always classy. No, yes, you were his mother, so of course, you know, we're keeping it clean and classy. But I just want to know, he, you know, he is fine. I forget the character. Um, the also too, the other guy in the boxing gym. I like called Tish up, and I was like, "What's going on? Who is who is this?" Who is this? He was just such a beautiful, like, you know, person. Um, person. Yes. person. Beautiful. Like, both of them. We have a whole podcast. You know, let's just keep it PG. I'm, I'm classy. You know, I see you over there. I don't know where your you minds are going, but my mind is is all I want to know. Because I have a pre, I have a question here that's pre-made here um they're just so fine and just like and just i mean great actors but just beautiful to watch like 
physically beautiful. The acting is beautiful. You know, I just want to know in real life, is his character as regal as he is? Like, I mean, he came in on that that horse, and I was like, what is happening? Like, did you did you get it? World probably stopped a second there. You said what? The whole world probably stopped a second there. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped. What was it like, like being on set with like him? Was he regal? Like what? Like was he just as regal or cool on set? So we crossed paths super shortly because okay. obviously I die. Oh, spoiler. Uh, when, well, I mean, I think the whole world has seen it right now. Uh, yeah. When we start, so it's not like we have many scenes together. Um, but yeah, we cross paths shortly, and yeah, he he probably looks better in real life than on screen. Wow. So yeah, I think I, what can I say? Just try and get yourself to London and meet him on the street. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> are actors like like because I know like in New York you meet like people who are on like series regulars on shows all the time and they're just so cool and chill it's not even like a big deal it's like especially a lot of black I meet a lot of black actors I feel like in Bed-Stuy they're just like I'm like oh that's so-and-so from this show yeah okay like and they're just like hey how you doing and it's just yeah. cool <laughs> You know who I met at, just randomly on the sh um, street? I can't remember her name, but she was on Game of Thrones. She was a um, she was the the black girl on Game of Thrones with the curly hair. I can't remember her name. Oh my god! Natalie Emmanuel. Oh yes, I was I was on the street and I just randomly just at a bus stop. She was at a bus stop, like she was kept like going. I guess she was getting the bus <laughs> in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that happens to human beings. Sometimes you get the bus. <laughs> just say this for a second and put this out there. Just because you see somebody on the show, just because you see people like working as working actors, that doesn't mean that they're not regular people still mm -hmm. trying to get their stuff together. Because even if you if you're on a breakout show. You still have to like live your everyday life because it's only a short period of time. People are like employed and like unemployed into their next job. So you might see them on a season and then they're not on the season anymore. And then guess what? They're unemployed. They are working, they're out hustling, trying to get their life together. So I just want to put out there for anybody who is not in this realm, this artist working industry realm, that when you see, you know, all of us out here working, doing our things. Like we're just working like everybody else until our next job. And we, we're we not going like, like the perception that we have all this money <laughs> and like, we're like blowing up like this is just like, I think it's nice, I think it's nice for our publicists to make us look great. And that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And also, too, like, we talk about this all the time, Tish. Um, one of the things that I realized, you know, whenever you talk to people who work in finance, I have so many friends who like work in finance or um, like tech. And when they're working these jobs, their expenses, they're reimbursed. But being an actor, um, you know, even if you're getting paid a certain amount, like Tish said, 
you might get picked up for one season. You don't have a next season, but it, you're still expected to go to like all the premieres, all the press. You have to upkeep. I mean, I I literally had like a break a breakout. I had um like an allergic breakout over my eyes, and I was like. I can't like not wear makeup. I can go a certain amount of time, but like it's unrealistic for me to not wear makeup on camera. You have to get like facials, makeup, hair, all these, all this upkeep, whatever you're doing. Um, and those aren't expenses that you're being reimbursed for. So that like goes back to treating it as a business. And it is a business because other people are seeing that as such, you know, they're like, you need to show up to this red carpet. That's you need it. to show up to this event. And so, yeah, they are. And and they are real people. Like they go through real stuff. You hear people and they're like on a series. Um, one of Tish introduced me to one of her friends and like series regular. And it's like, you, you have no idea the things that they're going through in their personal lives while the series is being filmed and whatnot. So there's yeah. always a story behind the story. Mm -hmm. There is. But I, I I want to because I definitely feel like give our giving our you know audience some nuggets so that they can get to where they want to be at is one of the things that we do really well on this show. And a lot of the things that we talk about is like creating your own opportunities mm -hmm. or like you have an idea and you don't know what to do about it, right? Mm -hmm. So Daphne, because you're kind of like this multi-hyphenate artist out here. You are, you are. Can you give advice to artists out there and, and especially those who are not here in the US, right? They have this dream. They have this vision. They want to figure out how they themselves can maybe even create their own opportunity or do something similar to what you're doing right now. What advice would you give that filmmaker or that artist or entrepreneur? Yeah, so I think the very first thing I always say is do not listen to people that tell you you can't do it. Don't listen to them because you can. So that's number one. Because those voices, if you listen to them, they will keep you down and they will keep you in the same place and they won't allow you to move forward. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing I say is work on yourself because you're the one person that is going to drag yourself to the place where you want to be. And number three work on your relationships because you can't go anywhere alone. And, you know, it sounds like a contradiction, but it isn't, um, especially in the entertainment business. You know, we can't do a movie alone. We can do a piece of theater alone. You're only as good as the people that surrounds you. And the project is only as good as the talent of every single person in the room and involved in the project. Um, so I think that's the foundation. And then on that, you just build and you knock on doors and you learn how to do things that you're uncomfortable with. That's a very, that's a very big one. Uh, be uncomfortable. Never ever say, but this is something that I can't, I don't know how to do. Mm. I mean, think it, but then the next thing you should say is, okay, so how can I do it now? Mm. Um, and, and then you'll find out 
that you know how to do things that you thought you couldn't do. And that's one of the most exciting things ever because it builds your self-esteem. It builds your career and it builds up block by block the life that you deserve because, you know, not many people are born with all the fortunes as we know. So, um, Sometimes when it's difficult and when the po the point that we want to reach is far away, mm -hmm. it's easy to say, oh, well, I mean, you know, I'm not, I don't really have the tools to get there. Mm -hmm. You find the tools on the way. And, uh, and, and, and that's the thing. You just got to start walking because mm -hmm. if you don't start walking, you're not getting anywhere closer. And, and also, yeah. have, the last thing is have a great su support network because yeah. how many times, you know, my best friends have picked me up when, you know, in those moments where, because there are going to be those moments because it's not all like, oh, yeah, you know, we can always do it. No, there are <laughs> going to be moments where you will feel, can I swear? I think it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can totally bro you you are like that's that's pg compared to something okay, cool oh yeah they just like it, it, yeah. <laughs> go for it girl. yeah so it's gonna be shit it's gonna be yeah. shit but have people around you that remind you why and that remind you who you are and also yeah. that like remind you to take a rest from time to time. Cause you know, there's the other side of the metal where like, you know, you're working 24 seven and you're yeah. never resting and yeah. you need a friend that goes, uh, you need a break now, switch off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really important. Yeah, well, that's that's the bestie in the hubby for me. Oh, I, <laughs> love I was her. literally thinking that I was like, yeah. that sounds like me. It's just like our whole that's conversation. Our, that's my bestie in the hubby. They're like, um, yeah. we have off hours. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you, yeah. You, I remember resting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I shout out. A shout out to my friend Lorraine. She's my best friend. And you know, by the way, hey. he, yes, she. Hey, uh, she used to live in New York when I lived in New York, and you know we met in London. Isn't that crazy? Wow, crazy wow. rainy to be. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I'll, I'll echo about the support system because I do like. I've been on a lot of projects where there's people that I just did it for the money. I probably would never probably work with them again. We just didn't mm -hmm. mesh well, and then you you don't get on projects and you. And you find people, these people who really support you and your vision and your dream, and they want to see you further. And then they become an instrumental part of not only like the projects you do, but your life and your career and pushing you further. 100%. Helping you like, helping you like level up because the goal is, it is to level up. Like that's what we talk about all the time. Like level up, getting to this, the next point in your career because it's one thing to create your project, but cr to create your project with purpose. 
so that you don't have to keep doing what you're doing right now over and over and over again is what we really urge people out there to do. We've been telling you guys this for three seasons, but whatever, you don't gotta listen to us or the experts. <laughs> They're listening to us. They're listening to us though. That's funny. They're listening. <laughs> I love it. I love it. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't have to listen to the experts. I mean, one after another, after another, yeah. another yeah. on the show. It's just so as you know, you need to network, you need to start something, and you need to do it. Yeah. 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 And 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 thank you for your honesty and transparency, Daphne, because I also think um when I forget who who came on the show and we spoke about that, maybe Tish, you can you remember, but we talked about like um, FOMO, like fear of missing out, like in the industry too, where it's like you feel like if you do take a step back and relax and rejuvenate and do what you need to do for yourself, that um, you'll. Oh, that was um, the gentleman that did the Mammoth Film Festival. Um, I forget the the name of the film that we 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 interviewed them for, but you know, there's this like unspoken kind of air or thing where it's like, if I do take a step back, then in some way, shape, or form, um, I am going to miss out on an opportunity when it it really doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> you know, he was saying like one, one moment you're everything to everybody and then you're nothing at all. And then you, you know, you, um, and then in the same breath, you know, you're, you're everything. And he was just saying like, be living in LA, like having to be rooted and grounded in his friends and in his Tanner community. Beard. That's his name, Tanner Beard. Tanner Beard, yes, Tanner Beard. Yeah. Tanner Beard, yes, Tanner Beard. And he was just saying, like, you know, what if you do that in this industry, like that's just completely not true. Like sometimes taking a step back also allows you to be consistent because it's about consistency. And it's also about what you're bringing to the work that you're doing. Um, and if you're burnt out, you can't do that. You can't bring your best self to those projects. And the industry is just such a roller coaster. You can be up or down. And that really just resonated and spoke to me. And once we released that episode, I know that it will speak to so many people, but you know, you like you said, Daphne, you do have to have tissues that for me. You know, she's just like, for me, I'm like, no, we doing this. I don't care whether I don't have to do this or do that for like three months. And she's just like, and then I'm like, I can't, I'm just like, I can't yep. do this. Yep. I'm just like, you need a break, bestie. Like, I don't understand why you're just going, going, going. And really what it is, is just for me, it's been like setting up those personal boundaries within myself and with other people. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes I don't even have boundaries within myself and then I do, I burn out. Um, and really what I see with all of these like experts like yourself coming <laughs> on the show, uh, who have come on the show is that consistency really is the name of the game. You can, be, being successful overall is about consistent, consistency. And authenticity. And authenticity. And yeah. I mean, authentic if you're not. Yeah, but I it's it's I, I also think it's one thing to be consistent and to be doing a whole bunch of things. It's another thing to be very consistent with your voice, right? So it's so clear that it doesn't matter where you go at, people know 
who you are, what you do, and, and the things that you stand for. And even like if you're a DP or if you're a director, what visually you want to tell in this story. So I also think it's very important to know what you want to say. Like if you don't know, figure it out so that when people look for something in particular, they, like in particular for their project or whatever, that they know what it is that you're bringing to the table. Because I think that's another thing. Like everybody's like, well, I'm going to do it like Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I'm going to do it like this. And it's like, but, but why don't you do it like you? Like, what do you uh, want to say? Yes. You know? What do you want to say? So, you know, I really urge our viewers out here and our listeners to like, like figure out your voice. Like, what kind of stories do you want to tell so that when the right person is looking for you, and I, I hear it all the time when people say, I'm looking for a person who can do this. And it, mm -hmm. it, people don't, they don't know they don't know how to articulate it other than to be particular. They're not going to be like general, like, oh, I'm just looking for a really good director. They're going to be like, oh, no, I'm looking for a person who can do this specific vision. So if you know what that looks like for you, then yeah. the right person can find you, you know? Yeah. So I just, I urge you all, figure out, figure out what you want to say and yeah. what your vision is so that people can clearly find you. They want to find you out there. But also, I feel like I need to add that sometimes it's difficult to know. And so it's okay to, to get inspired from the best. And I mean, I think that that's the reason why so many times people are like, oh, I want to do this like Martin Scorsese or like, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember reading... Um, this book about, it was um, an exchange of letters between, I think it was Paul Gauguin and another painter. And uh, they were telling each other how they would get inspired and how they would copy from the classics or mm -hmm. from other painters. But they didn't just copy, they made that their their own expression so you get you take inspiration and then you kind of make it go through this filter that is yourself and then it'll come out in a different way because we all are inspired or um we all are influenced by certain things mm -hmm. and that goes to inform us what it is that we like. And that is part of what is going to be our voice. Mm -hmm. um, so make sure that you know what it is that makes you tick. Because mm -hmm. that thing that like makes your heart flutter a little bit, that's gonna be, it's gonna become part of your voice. And then the minute you're gonna take it and put it out there, it's going to be yours because you're going to interpret it in a certain way, whereas anybody else would do it differently. And that's so important to remember because uh, we all have this, you know, especially now with social media, this whole comparison thing going on. Uh, but you can't really compare yourself to another person. Uh, and especially as far as artistic expression, your artistic expression is going to be unique to you. Um, and that's another reason not to get yourself down about, you know, other people's successes, be happy for them. Because the more people get where they want to be, 
the more they can, you know, just look back and open a door for who's trying to get there. And that's something I strive to do, for example, and I keep on um, on saying how the whole goal is, you know, to have a certain um, voice and a certain um influence just so I can just turn back and open a door for, you know, maybe who's younger or even older because it's not about age, but for a person that has gotten to um, a place where I can help them and I can, you know, just, uh, just, just help them step up because there's always going to be someone that helps you step up. Because as I know that there's been people that give me a hand in the same way, I'm just going to turn back and give a hand. And that's that's something that as an artist, but as a person in general, I think we all need to keep to mind because it makes what we do better. Mm-hmm. We don't do it just for ourselves because especially yeah. art, art is not. Art is not just for one individual. Art, art is to touch an audience, to touch the people that see it. Um, so yeah, let's just keep in mind that responsibility. See the responsibility after all. Yeah, that that is the goal. I mean, I I think as an you know an artist or you know you should want to say something. And I I know it you know gone are the days where you could just get in front of the screen and just be there and just look great, you know, days are gone, you know, it is, it is a different time and your art needs to say something. And it's no different than any other time. I mean, there were, there was a Renaissance at one point with art where people had to say something and it had to be meaningful, you know, sometimes there was art where you didn't have to say anything and it didn't have to be meaningful. I just think that we're in a point in time where art needs to say something. And maybe there was a time where it didn't need to say anything. That's not this time anymore. So if you're going to be an artist right now, really think about what you want to say, because that's the type of that's the type of art that's being put out there today. And I I just have one other point to um, to what you ladies are saying too. Um, also be open, be open to what you have, we have our voice, you have your voice and what you want to put out into the world. But I um, I did an interview earlier today with a director called, um, his name was Evo Raza, and he um, created a film, an independent film called Reboot Camp. And he does commercials and whatnot. And one of the things that he said is he said, you know, I knew what I wanted to talk about. I knew the story that I wanted to tell. I knew how I wanted to act people, how I wanted to impact people. But he said, and so I created those parameters, right? So we would have structure. But within those parameters, the reason why, I mean, he had like all these celebrities and his independent, he had excellent locations. I mean, people were like improving, but still staying on script. And it was a really great film. And I just said, like, how were you able to have that type of collaboration? And he said, really, it's because I have my parameters. But within those parameters, I was so open to whatever anybody wanted to do, where they wanted to take it. And that really resonated with me because I said, you know, that is 
That's that's the thing though. You know, in collaboration, you have actors who they love your script, they want to they want to they want to do it, but they also want to be able to explore and play in a way in which they probably can't. You have um DPs who maybe they want to like shoot in a certain type of way or like he even talked about line producers Tish like okay we have this type of budget but what what locations can we scout like how like how can we take this and he even said when he created his script um how he created his script knowing like okay I want to execute this how can I execute this in multiple ways and so I just really took away like be open to be open when you find your voice when you find the story that you want to tell also be open because when you find your collaborators and when you actually like go on that journey to complete the project to complete the film being open with the with these people and being present i really think that that lends for a better experience and i think everybody is changed and then those people become your collaborators for your other project because then he was like yeah and then so and so was like i know this person i know this person and everybody was attaching everybody and well yeah. we i think they filmed it and um what did he say? Somebody's mansion, some some celebrity's mansion, and it was just it was it was really really cool. And so, just also too, I would say also stay open as well. Yes, yeah. if you can be, yes, <laughs> you can be. Like, <laughs> but you are like that, Tish. Though, like you, you are the type of line producer. And Daphne brought this up earlier, where you said, you know, don't attach yourself to somebody who said who says you can't. And that's the number one thing that you always talk about, Tish, is that you never say no. You say, how can we do this? How, how can we do I also learned that from when I worked with um, Lauren Rayner, who gave me my first opportunity. Uh, and she said, you know, as a producer, I don't say no. I say, okay, well, let's switch this out. Like, what are you willing to take away from this? Like, what are you willing is, and, and we always go back to what your initial vision is. So when I get on projects, I ask them, well, what is your vision? Where do you see this? What do you want to do with this? And if they say, I just want to make a film, I'll say, okay, well, I'm just not the right person for you because you have to have you have to go somewhere. You have to have a an idea for me, but I'll reference them to maybe someone who's in that space for them because if you just want to make a film and you have like no goal, like no goal whatsoever of what that film is going to be for you right now, it's always going to be hard for me to bring you back to a space where I can say what are your goals and where can you take like you can't overspend this area because all you're thinking about is that I just want to make. So for me, this is only where I'm at in my career. For me, it's like, well, what are your goals? Do you want to put it in a festival? Do you want to distribute it? Do you want to like, what do you want to take it? Like the 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 bigger openness. That but that is openness. That's my point. That is you being open-minded enough to not be so rigid in your experience and your thinking, but to open yourself up to the possibilities within parameters of what can actually be done. I digress. It's so beautiful though. And you know, as a director, that's what I look for in collaborators. The minute I find myself in front of someone that goes, this can't be done, I know that I'm not gonna work with that person again. Just well, saying. Um, but having, having a creative background, FYI, having a creative background 
really helps me have those discussions. A lot of people don't have creative backgrounds because mm -hmm. when you are an artist, you are putting your heart. It's kind of like yeah. when you're an actor, you're putting your heart out there for people to scrutinize. And it's kind of like, you don't want somebody coming in saying no to your heart. Like, it's like, it's like- It's not even that because, you know, actually sometimes uh, you, you, there are things that are not going to happen and there are things that are not a good idea. So obviously, you know, sometimes you need to say no to certain things, but it's not, it's, it's the way you say no, yeah. because if you say no and don't offer a solution, then it, it's not, it's not constructive. What I need is someone that goes, okay, maybe this is not the best idea, but what we could do it this other way, or have you thought of this instead? Or, or that your vision. And you said yeah. this is the most important part of your project. So do you really have to have this to take away from that, which is the pinnacle and the heart of your project? Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. That's, that's, you know, it takes a little bit of time because everybody's yeah. super passionate to really like have conversations <laughs> like that. But it, it's it definitely it, it takes it takes time. But you, it's yeah. definitely like a skill to be. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Also, you know, I can't really talk from you know, a producing. A background because like the only thing I've produced is uh, this uh, short film I am uh, still uh, finishing um, and that was it was just like a very singular uh, project so I've never produced for someone else I can imagine Tish that when as a producer you have to deal with uh, you know other producers and a director and you know yeah. the whole team it's a lot of people uh, that sometimes want different things and you're the one that has to find solutions. <laughs> yeah. I know. No. I can imagine producing and directing. I mean, I've met with, a, I, I've worked with a lot of producer, producers and directors and it, when you're a producer director, you just have to have a really good team because that's it. And that's just it. You you just have to have a yeah. really great team to take the pressure off of you when you need it oh and God. put the pressure on you when you need it. And that's just yes. it. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Daphne, we have, so we're coming to the end of the podcast, but we have usually a question that we okay. ask everyone. I was going to ask her this question, but I also feel like she answered it. So she can reciprocate it, but she literally like answered how she stays. Mo so the, the question is what ignites your motivation and how do you stay motivated to pursue your dreams? But I feel like you answered it multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's it's my your network and people you love and stuff like that. But yeah. if you want, if you want to um, reiterate that you can, um, um, well, I, I can add on that probably. Um, I think, okay, where do I even start from? Um, having discipline is another thing that I guess I can add. Um, because the minute you know that there is a place you need to go, you need, you need to have a schedule. You can't just let days pass by. 
you need to know that, you know, maybe on this day, you got to work from this time to this time. And the next day you got to do the same because if you don't do it, you know, for a whole week, you're not going to get to that point that is going to allow you to get to the next one. Um, Don't. Yeah, I was just going to say again, that one thing, don't let people tell you you can't. I think it's just the most, and it's probably even where I'm, where I am in my career, where um, I've realized how how big of an influence people can have on you mm-hmm. when they tell you that there is things you can't do, okay. um, and realizing that impact and how much it can hold you back, whereas how how high you can fly when you let that go um, mm. is really important. Um, and also just find things you're passionate about. Just find those aspects of the work that you just get really excited about. And that that's what's going to keep you going. Because, I mean, for me, for example, when it comes to directing, um, it's, you know, say, okay, well, now I've done this movie. And um, from the beginning, as I was writing it, there were certain shots that I had in mind. Mm-hmm. And now the shots are done. They're there and they, they're they alive and they're, they're outside of my brain. And that, yeah. honestly, I can't even tell you how excited I am when I see them. And that just like... It makes my day and it just gives me so much passion and so much drive to go forward and, you know, to make the next project and to make it even better. Um, and, you know, just just to share it with, uh, with your collaborators, with the people you love, and also with the people that you don't know that you may inspire or that, you know, you may give a little bit of entertainment to. Yeah, and I'm going to add on to this because usually you ask the last question, but I have a question that I'm going to ask you. You know, we have a lot of people listening to the show, right? And if there was something that you wanted right now that that if someone could help you with that uh, or something that you wanted to do that if a listener heard you and they're like, oh, my gosh, I totally could help her with that or I totally know somebody, what would that be for you? Okay, so The More, my short film, needs to become a series. Mm. So if there are producers out there that can make that happen, Mm. you know where to find me. (laughs) There you go. There you go. There you go. And make sure that you follow Daphne at Daphne Daphne De Decinto. Yes. That's D-A. P H N E. I'm saying this for our listeners. Do it, girl. Yeah. N E D I C I T N C I N T O. And you know, like I'm just gonna say the Italian way. It's Daphne Di Cinto. You can say it however you want. I like that. Okay, yes. we're, gonna, we're gonna put it in. We're gonna put it in the whole comments and everything for everybody. <laughs> I think I'm like D A P H N E D I C I N T O. Okay, there we go. Okay. So you follow. You make sure you follow Daphne and you reach out to her. You know because she's doing big things out here, guys. Yes. Okay. 
Okay. Thank you, I see you are. I see the more becoming, like you said, like a series like Bridgerton. Yeah. We listen. Matter of fact, yes, we're manifesting on this show. It will be on Netflix, like Bridgerton. Stars, honestly. Stars, Bridgerton. The why I thought that, but that's but being like that kind of like you know the next like European kind of like everybody in America all over the world is just like going on with this that's it's it's coming it's coming so you just we just need to make make it happen and make it we just need to make it yeah which you will stop is somebody from stars dash like i i see it i mean dash hbo i'm not gonna say no yeah i i if you are out there you know (laughs) i'm just saying you know, check out my girl here. Okay. So And Daphne, we love you so much. Thank you so much for I mean it's two it well it was two AM. Now I think it's like three something AM out it there. Is. So it's just we're so thankful and grateful to you for coming on the show. We just we love you so much. We I'm are proud just so of you. Can we add yeah, and proud, yes and pr- that's Thank what you, it is. Yes, yes, be proud of you. We are so 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 proud of you and we just know that you haven't even touched the the cusp or the brink of where you're gonna go so we're, we're all going up together and thank rise you wait what do i say bestie rise with the tide all ships rise with the tide rise with the tide yes 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 and thank you to everybody listening out there definitely follow daphne on social media watch her on bridgerton as Sarah Bassett, is it Bassett? Bassett? Is that your character, yes. Sarah Bassett? Yes. Bassett. Bassett on Bridgerton. Well, the Duke that's so lovely. I mean, I'm just. I know. It's just like everything Italian is just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I see. <laughs> she went into this place. She went I just love Italy. <laughs> Remember to check out our previous episodes, you know, because we have plenty, plenty of advice from you guys from season one, season two, and we actually are on our season three. So thank you all for listening to us. You got a sponsors last season. So thank you yes. guys. And make sure you check us up, check us out every Thursday, 8 p.m. EST, 5 p.m. Pacific time, and we don't know the times for everywhere else, but you guys can figure that out because we don't got time for that. Okay. It's 2 a.m. Italy time. 2 a.m. Italy. Italy, Yeah, 2 a.m. Italy. We love you, Italy. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And London coming down. We drop our, our, you can listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Spotify, y'all be holding us down. Hold up. Can, can we give a shout out to our Spotify people? Come on. Y'all hold it. Y'all, y'all be out here listening to us on Spotify. So I'm going to get, we, 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 we see you. We see you out there, Spotify. So you can guys, you know where to find us guys. So thank you again, guys. We'll see you next Thursday. Thank you. Daphne, stay on. Give me five minutes. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.